I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey everybody, it's Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis. He's Julio Gallarati. And we are joined today by the fantastic Tom Takar. Tom, thanks for being what here. What up, boys? Thanks what for up? having me. Good to have you here, man. It's Hell great. Yeah. Tom Tom is a is a comedian. Uh he has a fantastic podcast about music. That's right. Stand by your band. Stand by your yeah, band. We have comics come on and talk about music they like that people give them shit for liking. Like uh That's good. What we do uh yeah, like uh, Coldplay or like Baja Man or whatever. You know Nobody's what? done Baja, <laughs> Baja Man. Man. You know what another good one that would be that I thought of recently? What's that? Savage Garden. Oh, That's I would one. love to do a Savage Garden episode. I love Savage you Garden. You love to come do Savage Garden? Yeah. There we go, folks. This is how it works. It's done. If you want to get booked, I did that on purpose. this is how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I can leave now. Do people ever pick a band that isn't that cringy that like people yes, like? Yes, that just fucking happened to me on the way here because mm. we're doing a live tour of it. It's a great way to get my plugs wow. in. Yeah, yeah but, uh, right up top. Uh, I'm, we're doing a tour in Cincinnati, uh, Indiana, and Chicago over the holidays, over the Thanksgiving holiday next week. And this guy sent me, we have people battle each other for it. It's like roast battle but you <laughs> pick a band, and then they make fun of each That's other. Cool. Like, oh, cool. Like Black Eyed Peas or whatever. This motherfucker sent me Fleetwood Mac. I was like, nobody oh, hates Fleetwood yeah, Mac. Then I was like, I was like, Andrew, you're a fucking idiot. And then he goes, Oh, my bad. What about George Harrison? I was like, You're gonna send me a Beatle? <laughs> no, that's like the exact opposite of this fucking show. Yeah, my, I, I want to defend Mozart. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah. Like, how are you? Uh, I'm so mad. That's crazy, I gotta, and I got to do this for fucking 24 people and go back and forth with like. What about Beyonce? I'm like, we would get skinned alive. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. If we even posited that she needed to be defended, we'd be mm-hmm. killed. Well, Tom, uh, first of all, y- you have an amazing last name. Yes. Which uh, I have to imagine has befuddled many a comedy well, host who have brought is, you on stage. This is the problem that I run into. <laughs> Absolutely. And people who I'm like, oh, I thought we were like super good friends. And then the other night... Uh, this dude brought me up at the cellar as Tom Tankar. And I was like, where did you c- create an inn? If How I did may. you come up with, you magically invented an inn? Like, I get Thacker, which that's even, that's how some people just yeah. pronounce so it. So his, his last name, uh, if you're not reading it, is right. spelled T-H-A-K-K-A-R. Right. So this is where it gets a little dicey. It's my father's last name, but it's not my legal. My name was Tom Brady. Right. So I knew that. I yeah. So it's a it was a brutal situation. I was getting booed at comedy. You grew at up comedy in Town. Indianapolis. I, was, grew, I, I grew up in Bloomington, Indiana, which is like fifty miles south of Blue. Oh, that's crazy. But I would do shows in Indianapolis, and people would legit boo me. And I tell a story on my Conan about this guy who um, introed me. It was like a rap show. There was like a rap and comedy show, which already bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this guy uh, <laughs> brought me up by being like, he he didn't know who I was. And he just saw my name on a list. He was like, oh, my fucking God. Y'all are going to believe what's about to happen. And then he was like, we all fucking hate the Patriots, right? And everybody was like, yeah. And then he goes, who is the He said this. I swear. They wouldn't let me say this on Conan. I was, but he goes, who is the gayest motherfucker you could think of who plays for the Patriots? And everybody went, Tom Brady! And then he just goes, yeah! 
here he is. And then I just had to go on stage. And that should have been when I changed it, but I kept it for another uh, five years or whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. boy. What a, yeah. But it's... so I changed it to my father. What made the most sense to me, I am half Indian, and I, I was like, Tom Brady is by far the whitest name you can have, I'd say. But also, my fa- I was like, well, my name would be Tom Takar if my father wasn't a piece of shit. So, or if he was like in my life at all, you know. So, this opens a, a can of worms, which, you know, we will allow you, or, or no, however much you feel like <laughs> yeah, you'd yeah, like yeah. to talk about, but you do talk on your, in your act a lot about your relationship with your father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it, with comedy, outsiders it's always hard to know where the line of reality meets sure, the sure, line of sure. act and with you i get the sense that uh there's not a whole lot of insincerity or exaggeration yeah, yeah. um no and it gets me in trouble a little bit with like uh not this is a little different but i talk about my stepdad in my act and i you don't like him literally either. said on uh, a comedy central thing that i didn't think anybody would see that I wanted him to kill himself, <laughs> and then, <laughs> which is and my I love the bit I would, but I didn't think there was any world where he would see that. And then his mom shared it. <laughs> I was like, oh. I don't think he watched this, you know. Uh, oh but yeah, then I had to fucking see him at the holidays or whatever. <laughs> well, tell us about that. Did he bring it up? He didn't bring it up, but it was weird. Yeah. yeah. And my mom was like, he's fine. And I was like, oh, why didn't you warn me that he was going to be here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty kooky. But no, the stuff about my father is like, <laughs> the stuff about my father is like totally, like I, when I started doing that material, it was bombing because it was like too raw and yeah. too, people were like, wait, are you dead. kidding or not? Yeah. Yeah. And I still run it. When I say I want my stepdad to kill himself on stage, people are like, oh. <laughs> and then I'm yeah. like, I don't, you don't know him at all. You're fine. But it's amazing how much more palatable uh, stepdad is in far, as far True. as suicide wishes than, than yeah. father, right? Right. But I think I was able. I don't. I think I was able to get past people being weird about the dad stuff by mm-hmm. just continuously shitting on him. To where I think if you right. seem like you're fine, people start to go along with you and is, and you're confident in the material. Yeah. Cause at first I was kind of doing it like, is this okay? Are you guys okay? And then people are like, why don't you seem comfortable right. talking about this? But That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. If you're asking for forgiveness with your joke, you're, you're not, uh, you're not going to win. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running it's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. So here's here's a question. Who do you hate more, your father or your stepfather? Definitely my stepfather. Really? Yeah, because he's the evil I know. Where it's like, I my father gets to be a mystery to me a little bit. Where it's like, I know who he was, and he, he kind of fucked me over a little bit. But he's dead, too, so I don't really care. Um, when did he die? Uh, he died about... Five years ago. It was fucking crazy, actually. 
so I was his only living heir. Um, I found out through uh, like a lawyer or something, and then or my my uncle is a lawyer, and he found out that uh, he had. I didn't know he died right away. It took like three months for me to find out he died because his estate, his uh, his accountant, and his um, he had like a lawyer who became the executors of his estate because they said they didn't know I existed. So then his and he was like. He had, he had been a doctor at one point and like he kind of fucked us on child he didn't give me any child support until we sued him when I was 18 and got like 15 grand from him or something. Nice. Yeah, it was like one of those <laughs> things where it wasn't nearly what it was right. supposed to be and he hid all of his money uh in cash in his house. And so these um Jesus dude. Yeah, his life kind of went to shit. He lost his medical license and he like he became a he owned a curtains business and a Meineke in Georgia. Wow. And he had this like mansion or not a mansion. It was like a three story house though in uh in Georgia that was really nice. Like where? In Georgia. In Marietta. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, like right outside of Atlanta. Uh or it was a place that was right outside of Marietta. I know Atlanta, another yeah. half Indian guy Atlanta. from Marietta also. Oh shit, I might have a brother. <laughs> named Hans. Oh fuck, you, you know Hans? Um uh, Hans Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So we find out whatever my, my uncle calls me. He goes, look, I've, we've done the math here on what he has. We, we saw the property breakdown. You're probably going to get like 200 grand. And at the time I was like, I was like a 24 year old living in Bloomington, Indiana, working like a hospital job, like making $11 an hour or whatever. And, um, I was like, holy shit. He was like, you're going to have to move to Georgia and run a minor key. So you have to learn how to do that. And I was like, I'm in. I was already a comic, and I was like, we're moving all these people. I'm going to move my buddies to Georgia. We're going to live in this house. They'll pay the bills, or they'll pay, like, we won't have rent. We'll have, like, a mortgage or whatever, and we'll run this Meineke. It was going to be a sitcom. It was going to be a great situation. Yeah. And then it slowly gets revealed that uh, this this accountant and uh, lawyer, they lied about not knowing who I was because they want, they wanted to become the executives of the state. They milked all the money. They took over the Meineke, closed it within a month because they were like, we can make more money if we just get rid of this. Um, they sold, he had like a, he had two Porsches and they sold them to themselves for like $500. It was fucking insane. Um, and then there was, if anything, I would have owed, I lost like two grand in this instead of getting anything. Uh, How is that possible? I don't know. We, we went, we like kind of went to court with them, but like the judge was had had a relationship with them and he was like you know if what you're saying is true none of it's a, like on paper so there's not really anything that can be done because so he, one of his Meineke employees was like a good friend of his and he goes i know for a fact there's a hundred thousand dollars in cash in that house and the uh accountant was like you were right there's cash in there and then uh the net like the next week they were like hey the the guy who knew my dad was like, hey, what happened with that cash? And they were like, what cash? They just pocketed it. Mm. So, it, yeah, it was like a fucking crazy, crazy stitch. Damn. That sucks. Had your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had your dad no, it's fine. It's written any clauses there was no into will. the will for no. you? Oh. No, there was no will. So it was like it was just by law that I would have gotten this stuff mm. if they had contacted me when he died instead of waiting three months so that they could become executive. So why did they tell you – you're gonna have two hundred thousand. They didn't tell me that. My uncle did. Who was oh. like the he, was, he didn't. He was representing. Had... He didn't see what they had done. Yeah. Um, and when he started to figure it out, he was like, 
yeah, this might be a dead end now. And my uncle is like, uh, he's he was aggressive about it and like screaming in a courtroom and shit. And it's like, we finally were like, let's just fucking get out of here. And we just went back to Indiana. We've spent like a week in Georgia trying to do this. And it was mm. not a pleasant time in my life. No, <laughs> man, no. That's rough. Wow. Sorry, I feel like I really brought this thing Dude, down. this is what we're no, about. We've had, we've had guests cry before. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to do that. We, we, Who was the we bitch who cried it. in here? Yeah. <laughs> Wendy Starling. Is her oh, name. I love Wendy. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's not a bitch. I thought it was a guy. <laughs> it's only okay to call guys bitches. I'm sorry. <laughs> who was the queen who cried yeah. in here? Who's a strong, independent woman who dared to show her true self? Who was the bravest person you've had on the show? <laughs> who's my hero who's my hero yeah um too good wow that's wild. so interesting i mean you know i i said this to monroe martin um but because he had an unbelievable no i know upbringing. monroe has me and him have talked about this because i saw him yeah. do a set he is one of the funniest stories of all time that's so sad about his dad uh after he got a little success looking him up and going to lunch with him and his friends and then he brought a date to the lunch and then <laughs> bailed before the bill came. It's I don't want to give yeah. his stories away, but like Jeez. Monroe has, I saw his story and I was like, we should be friends maybe, yeah. because uh, that it sounds so similar to my shit. Exactly. So my point in all of this is that y you can't imagine how hard it is to write comedy coming yeah. from a perfect life like ipad <laughs> you know what, what an it's advantage true. you are the true victim what in an advantage this. you and monroe have my father get was out of comedy francis there. you hot piece of shit <laughs> i should go give him a hug <laughs> yeah francis was recently given a mac pro yeah by a friend. that had nothing to do with my father <laughs> <laughs> this goes into it just adds on baby tack it yes. on well i guess in a way it did because it was a, a connection from my golf course which you know dad is helping with so uh <laughs> Jesus but Christ. no, but you know, I, I, those are all in any of that. Yeah. Not, obviously I, I don't think any, you're at fault for uh -huh. any of that, but <laughs> this is a, a podcast about mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Was that anything... doesn't even count as stuff that I would consider a mistake. Good. I didn't even do anything. Yeah. Right. We just talked about that because my dad's stuff. No, my dad's stuff is all just like backstory, I think, but I've done, I've fucked up, uh, most of my life and, uh, I regret it all. <laughs> well, dude, actually he is a mistake. You are the mistake. I'm a mistake. In that situation. That's true. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'm for sure an accident. How so? <laughs> oh, well, you mean like... His fathers would consider him a mistake. But yeah, I, yeah. So we still haven't heard what happened with your dad. Why? Oh, he just... I, him and my mom, like, went out a few times. And I, I don't know. It's one of those things that I think your mom doesn't tell you details about right. stuff like this, but I've kind of pieced together that it was not a thing where they were ever going to be married. And I think she got pregnant and was like, yeah, I'm keeping it, you know? Uh, and I'm it in that situation. Uh, and then he was like, I think she claims he tried to take me back. She was trying to steal me and take me back to India, but I don't know. I don't know what the reality is. Did he go back and forth between India and America yeah. a lot? I, I believe so. I didn't have a relationship with him. I, right. I think around like one or two, he was like out. Got it. Um, yeah. Hmm. Pretty kooky. Wow. But yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, so in life now, yes. Uh, in comedy, how you've been doing comedy for? When did you start? I've been doing it for basically like ten years. Nice. Because I was doing, I did it like once or twice in college, um, but then there was nowhere to really do it until a comedy club opened in my hometown, 
the comedy attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana. Nice. Um, so I, I started basically when I was like 21. I'm 31 now. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. And along the way, when did you move to New York? I moved to New York four years ago because, oh, we're already getting into the mistakes. So uh, I did the comedy festival just for laughs in Canada. Um, and right then I was living in Chicago at the time. And uh, this agent called me before I went to Montreal. He was, I know you got Montreal. Do you want me to be your agent? It was like a guy with CAA. And he was like, I was like blown away. Cause, you know, I had never talked to the industry other than like Montreal people. And I was like, oh shit, I already have an agent. This is great. He was like, you're in, in New York. Don't worry. You'll be in every club except for the cellar. We don't have power there, but uh, we'll get you acting stuff packets. He had seen me at a fest. He had just seen me at a limestone comedy festival do an hour. And he was like, we need a guy like you who can do an hour on the road. This is great. He promised me the fucking world. And he was like, as soon as you get off stage, we're signing the papers. And I was like, I'm all in. Yeah. And I go to Montreal. I have a fine set. It was like not horrible, but it wasn't like the set of the night. And the dude, he kept being like, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. And he was like, you got to move to New York like immediately though. And so I leave Montreal. I'm feeling weird, but I moved to New York that we haven't signed anything. He goes, as soon as you get to New York, hit me up and we'll, we'll get it done. I moved to New York. I don't hear from the guy. Oh my God, dude. Oh yeah. And so I moved here just starting over and fucking had nothing. And I lived in a fucking basement that flooded once a month and it was just brutal. But I was like, I had a tough time where I was like telling people, which I shouldn't have done. I was like, yeah, I'm all set in New York. Yeah. Yeah, But it's like one of those things where you're like, what a dumbass. And if I was, if I was hearing me talk, I would have been like, Man, fuck you. You don't know what New York is going to be like. <laughs> well, you know, at, at what point in your life will you stop putting your trust in, in the hands of men <laughs> and realize you I should know. be a lesbian? You know? I, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's crazy how th- it was my first lesson that this industry will just fucking eat you up and mm-hmm. not give it. There was like, I met him again like a, two years later at Skankfest. And he was like, "Hey, man! <laughs> like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I thought I had more power than I did." Or so. he like left that agency. But I was like, "That's fine, but don't act. You fucked me." I was like, he yeah. was telling everybody at Montreal that I was signed too. Like every oh, agent so was no coming. one else would talk to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know if that necessarily was the reason, but like people were coming up and congratulating me. So I was like, "Shit!" But I moved to New York thinking like, "Oh, I'm in. It's all good for me." Uh, and then of course I was like at an open mic going last like the next night. Dude, right. they, I wonder like if that you probably didn't even realize at the time. Cause like you said, you had no contact with the industry. Yeah. You probably didn't even realize how crazy that fact that he hit you up like that was. I like, know like, this yeah. is crazy, but maybe you just, I've never heard of that happening. And like CAA, like, it that's, happens. That's unfucking. I'm real. not the only one that it's, it's like basically hip pocketing where it's somebody being like, Oh, I'll give you, packets and shit but we're not signing you until you get something yeah. oh, right. but he didn't even do that he was like right. he really pissed me off with like i eventually i got a hold of him and i sent him a tape and he instead of i was like i think this would be good for conan or something and instead he just gave me a tag that sucked and i was like you're not a comic oh, you boy. suck god dude. it was shit and it was like the opposite of my joke i was like no what you're saying is exactly what i'm trying to avoid it pissed me off so much those moments are so hard and it's hard to have clarity in the moment and you look yeah. back on it six months later you're like why the fuck did I even entertain that? I know. It happens know. all the time, dude. Well, dude, it was just like, it felt so much like the dad estate shit where I was like, 
I'm in the money. I don't have to worry about shit. I'm going to be an Atlanta comic who's got, you know, 200 grand in a house. Yeah. And then it's all goes away immediately. And that's exactly how this felt where I was like, I'm moving to New York. I'm set. I'm going to do all the clubs. I'm going to be like doing late night soon. I probably gonna have a special. And then it all evaporated. And I'm like, I make, uh, I'm spending $800 to, uh, live with five people. And, uh, yeah. And also, uh, I have no shows for a month or whatever, you know. It, it yeah, is amazing how, how much the bubble of New York comedy, and I guess comedy in general, is, is built up on false promises. You know, I say that, though, and it's funny because uh, <laughs> I, I think about like late night sets like uh-huh. Fallon. So Jimmy Fallon is a member of my golf course. Uh-huh. And a caddy there once told me that he brought a guest out. A guest came out, and it was a comedian, and Jimmy was playing on a adjacent hole. Yeah. And that he went over and said hi to him, and somehow they, like, hit it off just in that tiny exchange. Yeah. And Jimmy then told Michael Cox to book this comedian what? not having seen his set. Who knows if it's I gotta true or not. I got to find the set. We'll talk about it all. Yeah. Mike, who knows if it's true or not. But uh, I always thought, you know, my life – has been built on on those kinds of wins yeah nepotism not for nothing it, it it recalls the college athletic uh recruitment process mm. and i don't remember what i don't know what yours was like but for me there were a lot of uh schools that recruited me for lacrosse and we would hear similar things yeah where yeah. the coaches would be known to recruit a guy and say we got our spot for you you know yada 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 and then right the day of like applications due yeah they would just be like sorry buddy you know we 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 chose someone else instead Uh so you have to really be wary of of making sure you didn't commit yourself to a school also some schools coaches would over recruit so that Mm -hmm. other schools wouldn't be able to have that kid and then that kid you know they'd get their fourth goalie and they'd be like, yeah, well, we really want you. You'll start next year. But meanwhile, they had brought in three other goalies, and that kid just never plays. Right. right yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So. Um, no, that's interesting, though. That that golf course thing, I got to know. Yeah. That's actually how I got Conan, though, is that I was on one of Epstein's islands, and uh, oh. me and I was in adjacent rooms to Conan, and I, I ran into him going to the bathroom. I didn't know Conan did, did that. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't want to implicate him, but yeah. I don't know what I was doing there. Well, you said he was there, so your words. You your words. You know. uh, <laughs> Uh, I think in the end, though, right, uh, that that situation is a great example of what we like to call fucking upwards. uh, Sure. Because coming, you know, with with your CAA promise and the agent and all that, it it galvanized you to New York City. It's true. It's like I ended up here anyway. But it is one of those things where I'm not I definitely don't have it in me where I'm like, well, it all worked out. I'm like, no, fuck that guy. That sucked. But I also I'm pretty good at just forgetting shit pretty quick. Like it made for a bad year of my life. Like Mm -hmm. I had a pretty bad depression because it, and this happens to a lot of people who do that festival, especially unrep new faces, because when you're an unrepresented comedian, you're like, when you go out there, you're like, this is everything. Like, this is the only shot I'll ever have. And if you don't come away with it, a star and most people don't, you're like, Oh, I guess I ruined my chance. I, I blew it. Like I came here being like, I fucked it up and I I have to like make a new opportunity even though when I look at the stakes that were on the line I 
everything worked out. It was fine. Mm -hmm. Like everything I wanted to get from it, I did. Right. It's just that I thought they put it in your head. You're going to be a, you could become a celebrity after this. Yeah. And that used to be the case. Yeah. It's just a different thing. I think a decade, it's it's, 20 years ago. The internet has changed all this shit Mm -hmm. where there's tape on everybody now. Nobody's getting discovered at this thing anymore. Like, I mean, I think people can get opportunities from it. But there's so much tape on everybody now that you can kind of just get things from posting your clips or whatever. Like you can mm-hmm. you can really create your own festival, you know. Right. For people who don't know who are listening, Montreal Comedy Festival is sort of like the pinnacle of like a comedy festival where you go and in theory you at one point yeah. could get discovered. And you still can, but the point that can. we're making like, is that like it's not that black and white. You no, don't just show no. up and leave Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said that 20 years ago, you'd go, if you got JFL, new fa- Just for Laughs, New Faces, that you'd, you'd walk out with a six-figure TV deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's it's crazy. just not, yeah, and it's just not like that anymore. Yeah, it's and it's like, way. some people do, and it's a, don't get me wrong, it's a fucking great festival. I went back this year as not a new face, and it was incredible. It's a, like the pressure's off. I mean, there's still pressure, but you can kind of just have fun. It's It's nice. But uh, anyway, yeah, I yeah, I'm good at like I think I'm pretty good at just like letting that stuff fall off over mm-hmm. time, though. But it's easier when things are going better, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, but I the fuck up I want to get to before we get too deep into this is so I I started comedy in Indiana and I was uh, in college and there was an intern like program at Jimmy, uh, not Fallon, Jimmy uh, Kimmel through my college like basically if you wanted to intern i i had a relationship with the person who booked the interns i had like a connection and they were like i was gonna go to la and become this this was my big plan is i was like i'm gonna go to la try to become a comedic writer or whatever and i i have this arranged a little bit and then my girlfriend at the time who was like my first serious girlfriend and she was like I was like, this girl's way out of my league. I can't believe I've even tricked this lady into today. I was like a fat kid. I mean, I'm still not, you know, hot like you boys, but I was like, <laughs> but like, I was like a real like a uh, pudgy boy or whatever. And th- like, I felt like uh, I was like, I can't believe I, like I had lost a bunch of weight and I was like getting confidence. I was starting to do comedy and I got this girl who was like a, like a prom queen to date me or whatever. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. And then uh, she moved to Ohio to go to med school and I was going to go to L.A. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's just what it is. And then she was like, why don't you move to Ohio instead of L.A.? And I said, OK, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, if this lady wants me to do that, this is my one chance at uh, love in my life, I guess. So mm. I got to do it. So I turned down the, the thing. I moved to Ohio. I get engaged. And uh Whoa. How old are you? I was 22 at this oh point. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah, it was uh, not my... And she, it was the thing where she kind of pressured me into it, but then she kind of... It hit her how young we were, and she was like, eh, maybe this is stupid. Mm-hmm. And then she started uh, into med school, and there's, you know, all these hot guys there who are going to be <laughs> doctors. And mm-hmm. uh, sure enough, one of them, uh, you know, got in there and... Uh, While you were engaged? That this is where it gets dicey. I believe that to be true, and we broke off the engagement and stayed together. And it was again just I've had a couple, a few years in my life where just a whole year I was sad. Like I moved to Ohio, we're engaged for a little bit. We break off the engagement. She she wants to stay together though, and I was just like, I fucked my life up. I was like, I've ruined my life. At you 22. knew right away. 
I was like, there's something. I, as soon as I got there, it was weird. Where in Ohio? Athens, Ohio. And it was like a thing where there's not really a comedy. There was a small comedy. Actually, there's a weird amount of great comics from there. Like uh, the kid, Luke Knoll, who did SNL, was mm. from there. He went to school there. Uh, Eudora Peterson's from there. Uh, Patty Harrison. There's like all these what comics. What school is this? It's uh, Ohio University. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you push for the proposal or did she push for It was a propose? weird mix where it was, uh, it was, she hinted at it. We went to like a, uh, we went to an Olive Garden once. This is fancy in Indiana. <laughs> we went to an Olive Garden and she thought I was going to propose then. And she seemed kind of bummed out that I didn't. Oh my God. And then my mom was like, you have to get engaged to this girl. Like you or else she's going to leave. And so I, I, we bought a ring. Me and my mom bought a ring together. And then, uh, she like was really surprised by it then. And I think, I think what happened is she just started med school and was like, Oh, what am I doing? Like, I, this is like, I'm going to be a doctor. I, I have a real resentment against doctors because of this. Cause I, Absolutely. Dude, they're understand so that. fucking pretentious and they think they're better than ever. I used to work. I worked in a hospital for eight years. So, and I worked directly with doctors all the time. And your fucking dirtbag dad was a doctor. Yes, exactly. So there have a lot of, <laughs> you're right. Fuck Maybe it's him, ingrained dude. in me that I'm yeah. like, yeah, but I have a lot of resentment towards doctors uh, where I do feel like they have this God complex where they, they think that they, and it's, at some point you're like, this is a job, man. It's just a job. Like I was also before I started comedy, that's what I was going to do. I was, I went to college with the goal of going to med school also. And then I just got more and more into comedy. And then I was like, maybe I'll be a nurse and be a comedian. And then even that, like I had a buddy who was like, you're never going to have time for both. Comedy is a full-time job when it is when you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can work a shitty job where you don't have to be focused on it or whatever. But you can't have like a really, really serious job and do this. You can't the way have you a job that tires you out during the day. Exactly, I agree with that. Exactly, yeah. you have to have a job where you can kind of fuck off and you can like coast. Yeah, and like I had a job for a while where it's like I was on the computer all day. I wrote a bunch of my jokes at that job, and then I would go out at night and run them, and it was great. It was a great situation. But anyway, I have a lot of resentment towards doctors because of all of this, and then. Yeah, sure enough, there was a guy who she was, like, in med school with, who she was hanging out with all the time. And I was, like, I, to her credit, I was, I was 22, first serious girlfriend. I was jealous. Like, I was not, it was, I was not my best man. self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't love who I was back then, but I was also right. So that's where it gets tricky, mm-hmm. because it- if somebody's like, oh, you're jealous and it's gross, you're like... Yeah, but she's married to that man right, right. now. Yeah, I'm not exaggerating. Like Dude, they are married there. right now. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like it, it affirms yeah. your jealousy. Exactly. Yeah. It's gonna happen anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can either not be jealous about it. Yeah. And it's gonna happen, and it might take a little longer, yeah. or you can make her act like it's your fault that it happened. A- exactly. Like, it was gonna happen. Yeah. It was gonna happen no matter what. So mm. the the breaking point was one night we went out for like Halloween or something. And I saw her kiss him on the neck, which I was like, that's not a friend. That's a weird thing to do. A neck kiss. That's the most. I'd rather her eat his ass than (laughs) than (laughs) neck kiss. That's too intimate. So I'd be like, like, maybe she tripped wearing a costume. (laughs) There's no gray area with ass eating. (laughs) 
you can't be like, babe, it wasn't a big deal with acid. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what it would be better. Yeah, you're like, uh, it's like, you know, one thing led We're to doctors. another. <laughs> Where this is, it do. was a rectal exam. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, dude! <laughs> Seeing your once fiance, now girlfriend. I presume you live together. Yeah, we live together. You neck kiss a guy in front of you at a party yeah. that she invited you to. Were yeah. you already suspicious of that guy? Yeah, it brutal. is the cards crumbling beneath you. Yeah. Oh, so, that is tough. Is that fucked hot? me up. <laughs> was that hot no is the guy hot oh no that's what pissed me <laughs> off even more i was like this doughy bitch is who you're gonna and again he's a man i can say it uh but i was like this fucking i'm busting my ass running like half marathons this piece of shit is fatter than me and like look nothing it's i say that because i hated my my fat self but i do you I think it would have been him. easier to swallow had he been some uh dr mcdreamy yes fellow? I do. I think. I think part of me was like, well, because then I was like, well, what am I? I guess I'm a piece of shit if that guy's. But he was just very confident. He was. It's funny. He was like a. He's. I. I don't want to get too much into this guy because. But I tried to be friends with him because I was like, oh, my girlfriend loves this guy. Maybe he's a good guy. So I like. I bought him beers and stuff one night. I was like, I'm gonna get to know this guy, and I could tell. I was like. Oh, this guy's an asshole. He's trying. I know what he's trying to do because uh-huh. he was real cold. The way he handled it, I was like, I can see you're you're trying to like fuck me over, which is uh-huh. whatever. Mm-hmm. It it worked out the way it should work out in the end because I am in a great relationship. They're married. I don't actually give a shit anymore. But it, for a while, I was like real haunted by it. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. I moved. I was like, I fucked up my comedy career because I could be in L.A. already. Instead, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. And then I moved back to Indiana because I was like, well, I don't know where else to go. Guys, this has been Oops! The Podcast with Tom Takar. Our episode with him was so interesting to us, and I hope to you guys as well, that we're actually going to release part two of it on Thursday. So we have Tom in both episodes this week, and uh, I promise you the next episode is even juicier than this one. Thanks, as always, for joining us, and we will see you on Thursday.